Hello and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we walk through the Bible, studying the scriptures. And today, we can continue studying the life of Joseph and the life lessons that we can learn from him. You can reach us in two ways, one by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30064. That's Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or you can email us at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Again, that's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Today, again, we're going to continue to study the life of Joseph. And we're going to be in the book of Genesis 39. And before we begin that, I'm going to give you a little backstory about where we were last week. As we talked about the promises that God gave to Abraham, how he told him, and I'm going to read this to you in Genesis uh 12, 3, and 4. This is, uh, I'm sorry, um, 12, 2, and two and 3. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. This is God talking to Abraham as he called him out of uh, the land of, of Haran, and now he's sending him on to Canaan. And he says, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless you. Make your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you, curse them that curse you, and all the families of the earth be blessed. He says, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He said, preacher, why are you continuing to bring these scriptures up? Why are we reading this? Why are you asking us to uh, uh, read these? Because it's the word of God that is our foundation. And in the days of Abram, and uh, whose name later changed to Abraham, and then Isaac, and from Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, and then on to Joseph, they only, they had God's uh, word, which was spoken to them. So, the word had to be passed by uh, the message of God or the promises of God were passed by word of mouth. Now, we know that Moses, Moses is the writer of the uh, first five books of the Bible. And as we look at this, uh, this life of Joseph, just consider what he faced. He did not have a Bible. He did not have the Internet to go and Google. He did not have someone to text and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. He didn't have a therapist. He didn't have... Uh, those things. But what he did have was people in his life. And I'm talking about for him, his great grandfather, Abraham, was had died. And Isaac died shortly thereafter, uh, before uh, before Joseph became uh, an older person. But what I'm talking about to you about here is, is that here we are, here Joseph is, he's in a place in life, he's been sold into slavery, and what he had was a word from God that had been passed down. But it was more than just a word that men spoke. It was a promise from God and we and, and what their fathers lived by. And that was evidence that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And here these men were, they, 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 they put their whole life on. Whole, they put their whole life on the fact that God, that they had received a promise and they walked by it. Abraham left his family and friends and left everything and, and uh, walked out of Haran to a land that he had never seen. Isaac, Isaac was being offered as a sacrifice by his father and he willingly allowed, he was willingly allowed, going to allow his father to take his life because his father said so. And when he left the, uh, he left the bottom of the mountain to go up for sacrifice, he told the young men, me and the lad, we're coming back. 
So although Abraham within himself said, you know what? If my son is to be sacrificed, so be it. But somehow, some way, he's, he's coming back with me when I come down this mountain. And then you go on to um, with the promises that God gave to Jacob, whose name was chained to Israel. He promised him that he was going to bless him. And when his father spoke the blessing over him, when uh, Israel spoke over, um, um, when now when Isaac spoke over Israel, he gave him, he gave him the promises. He promised him that he would rule over his brother, that he promised him that God was going to bless his hand in everything that he would touch. So these men had a word. And we have the same thing as New Testament believers. They had the faith. They had uh, the faith to trust God. And God put his favor. The Bible says that Abraham was justified. And that's why, again, when I'm talking about grace for living, this is what the New Testament believers have. We have the word of God. We have a sure word. We have the Holy Spirit to remind, to bring things to our remembrance. We have not only the promises that Jesus has given us, but what Galatians 3, 20, 29 talks, says that uh, since as we are Christ, we are Abraham's seeds and heirs according to the promise. We have a part in, in that uh, promise that was given to us in, uh, Abraham, in, uh, in Genesis 12, verses uh, uh, 1 through 3. It talks about what God said he was going to do for Abraham if he only believed. So, uh, this is the, some of the life lessons that we, have, we find ourselves and have the ability to receive. And when we come up, this is why the Bible is written. The Bible says the Old Testament was written for our learning, that we can see the lives of these men and women that stood by faith and said, I trust God. Sarah was 90 years old, well beyond childbearing age, well beyond the time of life that when women would have children. All of these things had passed by her by. The Bible said Sarah was dead. In other words, her reproductive system was dead, no longer active. And so was Abraham. So it wasn't like Sarah was the only one and Abe, really, he, he, he could fly. And Abraham was already no, both of them. But yet, because God said in the time of life, when I, you shall bear a child, it came to pass because Abraham, I mean, Sarah and Abraham by faith grabbed a hold of that. And they trusted God. So whenever we find ourselves um, in situations that we didn't even do, many times uh, we as believers, uh, you could be a, a son or a daughter in a family. You could be a wife married to a husband or uh, whatever the case may be. And you can be brought to a situation that you had. No, you were uh, you were just riding in the car. Next thing you know, accident, people hurt, maybe even killed in a house. Uh, as a child and there's a divorce and you're trying to figure out what fault did I, was it my fault? Am I the reason my parents are, are separated? Am I the reason my mom no longer loves my dad? My dad no longer, dad left the house. Why? And many times we want to uh, place blame. And sometimes uh, I won't say it's nobody's fault. Somebody, the, the people that were involved, there is fault to be shared by all. But the point I'm trying to make is God is there for you. For us, New Testament believers, we have a better promise than those who were under the law. And we know that Joseph was not because the law was yet many generations to come. But here Joseph is trusting God in Genesis 39. And we shall see how God teaches him as he walks through these things in life. 
let's go now. We're going to go to a scripture over in the book of James. James, um, James 1. Uh, just give me a second to get there. James, James, the first, James, the first chapter, if I can say that. James, first chapter, uh, 1 and James 1 and 3. Just write that down in your notes and you can read it later on. But it's talking about how that we have to know. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Everything that comes against us doesn't come from God, but yet God can use us to make us stronger. I heard what a man of God said that what the, he said that what doesn't kill you will improve you. I don't know if uh, I necessarily agree with that. However, there are some things that want to make us feel like, you know what, man, if I could check out of here without the pain, I would. I'm not saying that, but people do say it. They say, you know what, if uh, I heard one of my former pastors say everybody want to go to heaven, but don't nobody want to die. And see, but uh, what James is saying here in one and three, he says, know this, don't check out, know this, that the trying of your faith work is patience. In other words, we have by the spirit of God, we have, we have patience within us. And that patience will be worked out of us and we will see the maturity of God uh, uh, as we, as we allow God through humility, through the love of his word and through just waking up trusting God, going to bed, waking up, trusting God, reading his word, meditating in it, uh, uh, staying in worship, we will find ourselves growing and growing and growing. Fourth verse says in James 1, it says, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and, be, and we're going to be con converted to be complete, entire, wanting nothing. So what he's, James is saying is, then don't freak out in our day. Don't, don't, don't freak out. Don't panic. Just let patience have a perfect work. See the hand of God get you out. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with it to the end of the world. He's with you. He told uh, Timothy. Timothy was a pastor over hundreds of people there. In, in, in uh, I believe it was in Ephesus, where Timothy was a young pastor, and he had pastors under him. And pa uh, Paul at one point said that, Timothy, don't, uh, don't let the fact that you are a young man, don't let that, uh, don't, he said, don't despise your youth, don't despise, God knew who he was calling when he called you. Mother, he, God knew when he gave you that child, those children. Yes, you might have been married, and you know, it looked like things were going good, and next thing you know, your husband went left, or your uh, uh, man you know, you were married, you were in love, and next thing you know, wife is gone out off with someone else, or uh, God for, and then there are situations where people die, and all kind of things happen. But know this: God has not forgotten you. God has not put you on the back shelf. He's there with you. He's sustaining you. He's helping you. Don't give up on God. This is First Timothy. As we before we go into the word, I'm sorry. Second Timothy one and five. 2 Timothy 1 and 5. Paul's talking to Timothy. He says, when I call to remember, he's talking to him about his heritage. When I call to remember the unfading faith that is in you. He said, Timothy, that's some faith in you. Who is dwelled first in your grandmother Lois, in your mother Eunice. He says, I'm persuaded that it's in you also. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hand. He said, I prayed over you, son. I know you have the, the, uh, the gift of faith. I know you have what it takes to make it through this. 
Then he goes on to say in that seventh verse, which many of us have quoted, he says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. He says, Timothy, there is a history behind you. There is an authenticity, authenticity, if I could say that word. In other words, true, foundational, that's in you. It was in your, it was in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you. Because Paul said, I laid my hands on you, and God has imparted that faith in you. You will, you will stand, you will make it. If you will just hold on, stand by faith, and remember, if God brought you through before, he'll take you through now. All of this we have as New Testament believers. Joseph didn't have this. Let's go now to uh, Genesis 39. And we're going to read more about the life of Joseph. And Joseph was brought down. Genesis 39, 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him of the hands of the Islamites, which had brought him down hither. So here, Joseph. None of this was of his own accord. In other words, he didn't agree with what his brother was doing. He didn't agree on, on what happened to him, but yet he found himself. And so, and as I said prior, many times we're going to find ourselves in situations that we didn't manufacture. It's not, it may not be our fault, but yet you find yourself there, but yet no, God has not forgotten you. And we're going to see this in this young man's life that God is faithful. You know, these are young people, you know, and many times when, you know, we read things in the scripture, we don't consider the ages of these people who we're reading about. If you're reading about uh, uh, the, the life of Joseph, the life of David, the life of Timothy, I read a few minutes ago, and we think about how God called Jeremiah. All these were young men, David, young men. They were young men who loved God, who had a heart after God to serve them. Daniel was a young man when he was uh, taken out of Israel and taken captive in the Nebuchadnezzar's uh, house, household. These men had established their heart that, you know, I am a child of God. I trust in the God that uh, of my father, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. If God could do it for them, he would do it for me. I, if I'm faithful to him, he is faithful to me. He was faithful in his word before I got here. So why would be he be unfaithful now? And this is the stance that I want to, uh, and one of the life lessons I'm going to drill home today, to know the faithfulness of God is always there. The only, the only variable is us. We have the ability to stand. He's already given it to us. The victory has already been won. Stand on it. So here Joseph is in Potiphar's house. Second verse, and the Lord was with Joseph, as he always is with all of us. He was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. I just think about this. He'd been taken from his family. He was a favorite son. He was um, uh, the beloved son of his father. And now the Bible says he's a slave. Now, think about it. He's not on vacation. And if you know anything about slaves, and we've seen some through history, when slaves come into town and you getting ready to be uh, sold, usually they stripped you. They took your clothes off of you. They're going to make sure that you have any broken bones or scars or, or, or anything that would, uh, they're, they're being sold uh, a bill of goods. 
You know how the bill of goods means something has not been tried or something that's uh, saying one thing and, and in reality it's another. To make sure the, that the um, uh, Islamites hadn't sold Potiphar a, a, a broken servant, most likely he was stripped. And so does the Potiphar could examine him and say, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him. But the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man and he was a slave. The anointing, the favor of God was on him. And he was in the house of his master. So again, uh, uh, the writer is, is emphasizing he's a slave. He's in the master of the Egyptian, but it, the favor was so much on him. He was favored so that he prospered. The same is on us today. That favor that came with Christ and our uh, us being new believers, the favor of God is on us as believers. I believe the book of Ephesians says he is abounded toward us, Ephesians 1 and 8, and all wisdom and prudence. Peter says he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything we need has already been done. God has already established it. That's why Jesus said on the cross, he said, it's finished. All the works of of redemption for us is complete and done. God's not working it out. He already has, as, Jer as Jeremiah says, uh, I know the works that I have for you. I know the thoughts I have of you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you so that you will have an expected end. Joseph is already in the eyes of God. He's already the prime minister, but he's got to walk it out. Those things with Joseph saw, him being uh, that his uh that uh, his brethren bowing down to him, it was going to happen. But it was up to Joseph to work it out. God was showing him, this is what's going to happen. Just follow me. And you, we see here in Genesis, in Genesis 39 that, the, that the, uh, uh, those things what God has shown him was the seeds were coming up. They begin, they begin to flower. What it looked like in the, in the natural was not what it was in the spiritual. In the, in, the, in the natural, Joseph was a servant of Potiphar. In the spirit, Joseph was going to uh, uh, be master and Potiphar was going to serve him. And it says, Joseph was a prosperous man and he was in the house of the Egyptian and his master saw the Lord with him. See, this is what God wants us to do. That we walk by faith and we walk in the will of God and that his prosperity, the New Testament writer says that let your good works, so, uh, uh, your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify God in heaven. Not only our spiritual works, but our natural works, that we will be excellent on our job, excellent in our skills, excellent in, in, uh, uh, in the school, excellent at their business, excellent in the street, so that when men see us, that woman, that woman, that's something about her. She's blessed. Then we need to make her. We need to make her a uh, 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 manager. We need to make her, make her, uh, make her uh, vice president. We need to put her over this company. She's doing so much better than my children have ever done. Because the favor of God when it's on you will shine before men. And here, this young man is a slave, and prosperity is shining on him. See, his master saw that the Lord was with him. He saw favor on him and that the Lord made all that he did prosper in his hand. 
the fourth verse says that, and Joseph found grace in his sight. He found favor, the unmerited favor. It's not that Joseph was so much better than his brethren, but the favor of God was on him. But also in this, Joseph uh, considered the covenant of God. God had given and made his covenant with his father, with his grandfather, and with his great-grandfather. All of these men, God had promised that his blessing was going to be on them. And see, when what did the Lord say? He said, I'll bless you. And he said, I'll call you to be a blessing. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed through you. See, Potiphar was being blessed by the Abrahamic, Abrahamic covenant. The covenant of God was being expressed to him. He could see it. He could see God on this man. And so will God do for us if we will grab hold to what God has said and trust it. It doesn't matter what it looked like. It doesn't matter that you may have, uh, 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 you may, you, your, your account may be zero. You may be overdrawn. You may be, as the, uh, as it says, sometimes underwater. Not only, you, know, you not only just don't have any money in your account, but you got to work to get to zero. I heard one man of God said, you know what? He said, I was so far under, I was so far in debt. He said, I had to work to get to zero. Then they get to some prosperity. And I can remember coming over here and coming to Atlanta with very little money. I think I had $125. In a week or week or some in some days, that money was gone. I was living with someone, someone trying to make my get my start in Atlanta. And I can remember going from uh living with someone, the next thing I know, you know I'm sleeping on the floor. By the grace of God, uh look uh, a pastor allowed me to stay. But God made a way. God made a way. And he'll do the same thing for you. Oh, I got a testimony I could tell. But I just know that God wants everyone that listen to this broadcast that it's not over for you. See, we want to go by age and say, well, you know what? I'm, I'm this age. And, you know, I'm in my 70s. Or, you know what? I'm just a teenager. It doesn't matter. I said earlier, most many of the other uh Famous men and women that we see in this in this uh, in this Bible, they were young when God. Mary was a young woman; she was between fifteen and twenty years old when God called her to be the mother of our Savior. These were young women. Rachel was a young woman; she was around twenty when she first married uh, first married uh, 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 married Jacob, not Jerry. But uh, when Rachel married uh, Isaac, she was twenty. But when he first met her, the favor of God was upon her because when the man of God, when, when Isaac, when, um, I'm sorry, when uh, Abraham sent to get a wife for Isaac, he gave his servant some instruction and his servant prayed. He said, I, Lord, I want this to be, I want to return back to my master having this done. And God gave him favor. And this young woman came and fed all his, all his camel and made, got water and provisions for them. They were young. And it doesn't matter how, again, not how, how young you are or old you are. Caleb was a, a man 85 years old. God had given, given him a promise that he would send him to the promised land. And what did God do? When they got to Canaan, Caleb said, look, Moses promised me that I could have this mountain. He told Joshua, who had taken Moses' place, he said, give me my mountain. 
Only thing Joseph did was deeded it to him. So, okay, you can have it. But guess what? The enemy was still there. He had to go and take it. And that he did. He and his uh, band of men went and stormed the hills of Jerusalem and they took that uh, land from them because God had given him a promise. It's the same thing God is doing for us today. He's given us promises. But the Bible said faith without works is dead. The Bible is full of promises. You can believe them, but your belief must have actions associated with it. Let's go on. We get ready to wrap up today. And as we continue on that th in that 39th verse, 39th uh, chapter, it says that uh, he left everything. I'm sorry. Fifth verse says, and it came to pass that he made him the overseer of his house. Now, Joseph is the overseer of Potiphar's house. All that he had, that the Lord, he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon him that he had put in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in the hand of Joseph. And Potiphar did not know what he had, except for the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well faith. The Bible said he was a goodly person. He was talking about his character. His character seen by others. That's what the scripture says again, that men will see your good works. They will see favor. Not us with a bad attitude and people cursing out the company because, well, we didn't get the bonus this year. Or my, my, I got a 2% raise and I was expecting 10 or somebody else got my promotion and you cursing them that they're going to fail and I hope they fail. I wish that I, I wish uh, I don't wish nothing good for them. That's not the words of a believer or that a believer should be speaking. We should bless them. Bless them. I bless, pray God bless you and you uh, uh, not only become manager, but become vice president one day, or if not president. Because if I should be able to pray for you and know God's got it, God's all God, my blessing is in God's hand. Your blessing is not in your manager's hand. The Bible says promotion cometh not from the east or the west, but it comes from on high. It comes from God. Our promotion is in God's hand. He will promote you. But we read earlier, we must let patience have a perfect work. And we see Joseph here. Joseph was uh, uh, thrown into the pit. Now, Joseph is prospering in Potiphar's house. But we know Satan always got a trick. He see you prospering. He see things going well for you. Know this. He's always wants to, he got those same three tricks. It's either the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, or the pride of life. It's what we see, we want. Lust of the flesh, oh, we got this greediness about us. Or the pride of life, we think we got it. Whatever we got, we think we did it on our own. And God had nothing to do with it. But I want to tell you, beloved, if we would just stand in the place of God. There are some people, some believers who believe if God blessed them, that it will bring evil to them. No, it will bring, bring a trial. Well, you, when you're poor, you have trials. <laughs> I heard one man, one man say, you know what? He said, I've been poor and I've been rich. He said, I prefer rich. Because you're going to, there is no man under the sun is not going to uh, have a trial. 
are not going to have temptation. They're not going to have things come against them. And uh, and I will say that the Bible says that uh, godliness is not gain, but gain is great godliness. If you want to, uh, if you want to know a man or a woman proceeding and progressing in God, it's the godliness that's portrayed or displayed in their life, and how they carry themselves and the spirit thereof, and the love. You can feel love. You can feel it because love is God and God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells also in us and people can feel that spirit, that anointing that's on your life. They can see it, the effects of it as people are blessed in your very presence because God is in you and you are in him. We thank you for joining us today for Journeys in Grace. Thank you that um, we are able and we praise God that you are willing and a faithful listener. And I pray that if this message or these uh, broadcasts mean anything to you, drop us a line. Drop us a uh, line, uh, an email. Just letting us know if this blesses you and that it has been uh, useful for your hearing. That's at Pastor Eric, uh, 523 at gmail.com or Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. I pray the blessing of God be upon you, that everything you touch, that you will see God's hand upon it, that your family, that your houses are blessed, and that as you go about your day, that you will recognize that it's he that made us and not we ourselves. He is the blessed God, the almighty God, and we praise him for he sent his son to die for us, and we praise God for Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.